if we go back into serving one another and understand our functions do not determine our value. So I'm, I'm in the kitchen and I'm cleaning and when I wash dishes in my home, my value has not changed from the person who was preaching in church. So I'm washing dishes in my home, I'm sweeping and I'm work, making my kids' beds. I have not changed from the person who was preaching powerful someone in church. That was a clip taken from our conversation with Africa Mklope, speaking about gender roles in marriage, and that our value is not determined by what we do, but by the fact that we belong to God. This is Focus on the Family with Graham Schnell, and I'm Alison Schnell. Well, back on the program today is Africa Mklope, a pastor with a clear passion for God. He's interested in current and socioeconomic issues, and he's involved in community transformation. Africa's a family man who wants to see God's kingdom permeate every sphere of society. We're so privileged to have him in studio again today. Africa, welcome back to Focus on the Family. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Africa, it's really great to have you with us on Focus on the Family. Again, last time we, we spoke about uh, the impact of culture on, on faith and your book, Freed by God but Imprisoned by Culture. And we know that you speak to this issue of culture often, but we want to talk today about the impact of culture on family. Yes. Uh, we're about family and uh, we want to help families thrive. Yes. And we know there's so many issues that can have an effect on family. Yes. And uh, we want to talk about that today. And so just talk about, um, let's start with marriage because marriage is the foundation yeah, of exactly. family. Yeah. And uh, from your experience and your research looking into issues of culture, yes. uh, what are some of those areas that are impacting marriage and affecting marriage in the context of, of South Africa? Yeah, marriage is, is a very important building block of society. But so when it gets messed up, by issues that we face. For instance, Jesus is given a, a question in Matthew chapter 19 and is asking about divorce. Hmm. And they're trying to trap him, really. And he then doesn't answer. He says, but Moses allowed this thing because of the hardness of your heart. Hmm. But in the beginning, it was not so. So he doesn't deal with marriage based on what happened hmm. after sin. When you read the Bible, you must read the Bible in Genesis 1 and 2 and then pause. Understand what happens in Genesis 3 onwards is a life that is now tainted by sin. Yeah. And Jesus comes to restore life as it would have been had sin not interfered. Yeah. So mm -hmm. he traces marriage based on Genesis 1 and 2, not based on Genesis 3 or Moses or Ada, because yeah. everything in the Bible is correctly recorded, but not everything is the correct thing to do. Yeah. So the Bible has two elements, descriptive elements and prescriptive elements. Things are described to have happened and things prescribed to be done. Mm -hmm. For instance, um, Solomon had 700 wives, described, not <laughs> yeah. prescribed. Yes. <laughs> you know, uh, David had uh, adultery with Bathsheba, described yeah. but not prescribed. So we should be very careful of reading into the Bible and finding some practice or some behavior and assuming that that's what prescribed. Yeah. And using it to fit and maybe yes, what to we wanted to do. And our, yeah. our behavior. Yes. Yeah. So marriage, therefore, was brought in in Genesis where God brought out Eve. And, but he created them at the same time, made them at different times. So um, a woman is not a secondary thought of God. Mm. She was in the beginning. Male and female created them and he blessed them. Yeah. And so they were made together at the same time, but formed at different times. Yeah. So I often address that because that issue of Eve being a secondary thought or made because Adam was lonely, it's what informs the idea of gender hierarchy, that the yeah. most important person here is Adam, and Eve just came in because Adam was lonely. That's yeah. not true yeah. in a biblical understanding. And so the formation of her 
body to exist independent of the man and relate with and procreate is, yes, is a secondary thing that God did. But the creation mm-hmm. of the person is happening at the same time Adam was made. Mm-hmm. So that is important. Why? It's important to establish the fact that they were both given dominion, mm-hmm. they were both given rulership, and they were given all of this together at the same time because mm-hmm. they are spirit beings. Bodies mm-hmm. form later, spirit forms at the same time. Yeah. And then it's important to establish that. We're marrying equals yeah, yeah. who then submit to one another in terms of function, not in terms of value. So they are equal in value, but different in function. Yeah. So a lot of people think that the submission of a woman to a man in terms of function determines value. Mm. And they confuse the two. Yeah, yeah. So I would start there as a problem. I love to talk about this issue of creation and God creating a male and female in the yeah, beginning. Yeah. and. Just this idea of it assimilating his own nature. When he says it's not good for man to be alone, it's exactly that. It's not God saying, whoops, I better create some (laughs) helpmate for Adam because he's lonely. It's actually a statement of his nature. He has existed for all eternity within relationship and harmony and unity and diversity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And so when he creates something that is in a physical way going to bear his image, It's not just Adam, it's Adam and Eve. And he blesses them, and that's yes. that marriage yeah. ceremony yeah. Um, and says be fruitful. And I think it's a it's a powerful and a phenomenal thing and also gives value to yeah. both genders yes. uh, that God has created. Where do we get it wrong? You kind of hinted, I guess, on that idea that right from the beginning we're seeing maybe a, a – although there's diversity, which is correct, God mm-hmm. made yeah. man and woman differently yeah. – that we ascribe different value yeah. to genders that yeah. God created. Is that kind yeah. of a starting point for even within Christian culture yeah. that we can get things messed up? Yeah, we do. When we talk, and people often, even the issue of Jesus being the son, we know that that's based on function. The Trinity is not a descending order, mm. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. It's a functional issue, not a value. So when somebody, even therefore, because we use cultural paradigms, we would even think of our children being less valued to us as parents because we think of it as a descending order. But value is divine. It's not a role or function. Mm. So a human being has value because they're made in God's image, regardless of their station in life or their job description. So when we value people based on what they do, then we do not judge them the way God looks at them. So then the Bible says in Ephesians 5.22, Wives, submit to your own husbands as the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife. As so this has been the controversy here, how to interpret this. Yeah. This is deals with primarily, it deals with the home. So women, men and women generally are equal, and in the home they then take different roles. Mm. And so there, it doesn't say here women submit to men. Um, as it is in cu- different cultures. It says yeah. wives submit not to men, but to your husbands yeah. mm-hmm. as unto the Lord. So it doesn't speak about general submission of women to men. Mm. It talks about submission of wives to their own husbands mm. as unto the Lord. And so that's one. So, so you know, in cultures, therefore, there will be an expectation for women to some. Of course, there are scriptures that seem to allude to that where Paul says, I do not permit a woman to have authority of a man in First Corinthians. And it speaks about that also in Timothy. 
we forget the cultural context mm. that that was spoken into. Women were not allowed. But we must mention that Judaism is a patriarchal cultural system yeah. because it mentions a lineage of men, a patrilineal descent system, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Yeah. And doesn't it omits women. Women were used as prize for war. Hmm. David got a wife because Saul promised. So women were simply like products that hmm. men can use as they please. Yeah. It's in the Bible. Hmm. But That's it's not... So it's not prescribed. It's described. <laughs> yes. Men had concubines. Yes. Um, Sarah gave Hagar to be a surrogate mother for Isaac and of course gave birth to Ishmael. Mm. And, and many things like that. That's described, not prescribed. Mm. That's why when Jesus comes, he doesn't sort of continue the pattern of mm. patriarchy, but moves away from it. He appoints 12 men because he's moving from Judaism and, and trans and moving into. Then Paul and others take this thing further and says, but there's neither male nor female, Jew or Gentile, we are one in Christ. Mm. So we need to know that, see that transition that happens there. He has four women mentioned in his lineage, which kings don't mention women in their lineage. Mm. And two of them are the Moabite and, and, and Rahab, a prostitute. Yeah. He mentions women and the last people on the, on the cross to see him die as women, the first people of the grave to confess and to declare his resurrection are women. Sure. You know, So it changes the picture. So the issue of this thing, the husband is the head of the wife. So the word, the Greek word there is kapel. Mm. So the word can be translated two ways, the head in terms of, you know, the head as we understand it, or can be looked at as a source, the river head, the source of the river. Mm. Okay. So, so I am inclined to believe that it refers to that, not more than the position or, or just a position yeah. of the head, but the source. The head yeah. sees, the head hears, the head eats on behalf of the body. Yeah. So the man has the vision of the family, and therefore he then has to give us direction. Yes, so we like that. You go this way, but it's also the source of all that the family has good things. So he cannot has authority of headship without the responsibility yeah. that yeah. comes with it. Yeah, of making sure the whole body is healthy. Yeah, and I mean that same scripture talks about. Him laying down his life. Yes, I mean, yes. To, what, and, and it compares him to Christ, which is quite big. <laughs> it's a big responsibility. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, that submission—not as you said to, to a person necessarily—but it's, I mean, that's the ultimate form of submission. Yeah, yeah. sub. In fact, life. the word submission is made of two different words. Yeah, it's coming under a mission. Yeah. So, so you're right. It's not just submitting to a person. Mm. Submission is submitting to a mission. So you're yeah. assuming the person has a mission. Yeah. So I often tell young people who are getting married that, well, you have to submit to this man. But the question is, is there anything worth submitting to? Yeah. Is there a compelling mission in his life that mm. you want to follow? Yeah. Or you just because you're in love, you know? Yeah, yeah. So there has to be something that, because when all things go wrong in the social and the emotional aspect and things like that happen, there has to still be a compelling thing that says, when I came into this relationship, I saw something in you yeah. that I thought worth submitting to. Yeah. Yeah. Mission, something that I want to be part of yeah. in your yeah. life. That's awesome. Because I mean, I may help me. What am I helping you with? Yeah. Uh, if you're anything worth helping with. Yeah. Because you're not help. Why am I helping you? Why are you? Why are you needing a help me when you're not busy? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like. I remember hearing a a guy who spoke actually about from a business context, and that when he would do induction with new staff, he would say rather than this is your new job and this is the role that you're going to play. He, he said something like, I'm inviting them to join me on my mission yes. and this passion. That's, that's kind of yes. what you're talking about. Yeah, There's yeah. this goal that we have. Yes. Uh, and in, as Christians, uh, we know what that is. Yeah. And we can yeah. do that more yeah. effectively in family. Yes. You touched on 
maybe a sensitive topic when you spoke about Solomon and all of his wives yes. uh, and the issue of polygamy, yeah. which is something that is in our context, in the South African context, yeah, in yeah. different cultures. Um, yeah, just speak to that and how do we address that? Yeah, so when Jesus answered the issue of marriage in Matthew 19, which I want to look at, he talks about the two who were made one. So only two are made one, not three, yeah. not four. Yeah. The fact that, um, again, we see that Solomon had more than one wife described, mm. not prescribed. Yeah. We're not followers of Solomon. We're followers of Jesus. Yeah. We learn from David, but we're not disciples of David. Yeah. We learn from Abraham. We learn from Elijah or Joshua, but we're not following them. We follow Jesus. Yeah. So people will be very clear that we, when you read scripture, we don't read it with a confirmation bias. Yeah. We're reading texts to confirm what we already believe. We read scripture to be taught, not to confirm what we already believe. Yeah. So the Bible is clear that the two are made one, mm. not the three, not the four. So the two or three or four cannot ever be one yeah. because the two are the ones that are supposed to be in partnership. So polygamy um, is practiced in patriarchal cultures like Judaism and African cultural systems. They accept polygamy. Yeah. The only thing that I have a problem with is when they make God the source of polygamy. Hmm. Culture is the source of polygamy, not God. Even Judaism as a culture is a source of polygamy. Yeah. Still not God. Yeah. Matriarchal cultures, female-led cultures, have believing in polyandry, that a woman can have more than one husband. Hmm. In those cultures, the instance here it says in Ephesians 5.31 that so a man will leave his mother and father mm. and cleave to his wife and the two shall become one. Yeah. So the man has to cleave to his wife. He can't cleave to wives. Mm. He has to cleave to his wife and the two shall become one. And, we can't, and he can't cleave to his wife unless he leaves his mother and father. So without leaving, there is no cleaving. Yeah. So he cleaved to his mother and father, the two shall become one. And that we call a patrilineal descent system. And there's types of residence, like, for instance, when a man and a woman go and stay with the man's family, yeah. that is called a patrilocal descent system. And when they stay with the mother, it's called a matrilocal. But the Bible teaches unilocal, both living yeah. to cleave and yeah. build a new family, a new nuclear family. Yeah. And so and that's important because of what Malachi 2.15 says. It says he has made the two to become one that he may obtain a godly offspring for mm. himself. Mm. So they are there to produce within that union an offspring that will continue. That's why it says produce after your own kind. Everything he made, he placed it there to produce after its own kind. Yeah. But the kind was referring to as a kind made in his image. So he made Adam and Eve to replicate, mm. not themselves necessarily, or well, him yeah. through them. Yeah, his image. So yeah. everything they reproduce is supposed to represent him. Yeah. They are not supposed to reproduce children who then pick up their bad motives or behavior. Yeah. They're supposed yeah. to pick up on God. Yeah. So so we have to then be careful that we don't just validate our practices and use a Bible to say that the Bible also mentions this. It yeah. mentions it. It doesn't teach it. Yeah, yeah. When we look at the statistics in South Africa, it's something that concerns us greatly the marriage rate is incredibly low yeah. compared to countries around the world our yeah. marriage rate is 30 percent so that means 30 sure. percent of marriage age people are married in south africa or if you flip that around 70 percent are not are not uh, which is uh, the 30 percent much lower than than many sure. countries yeah. and so what you have is this huge amount of kids being born 
out of wedlock. 62% of kids in South Africa born outside of wedlock. And we're not saying it's all to do with this. There's lots of, of Reasons, issues related yeah, yeah. to that. But there are barriers yeah, to marriage yeah, yeah. Uh, that are preventing marriage. And then it's a cyclical thing because this generation of kids is being raised yeah. without a model for marriage and family. Yeah. They are raised often by a single mom. Yeah. And all their friends are raised by single yes, moms. Yeah. And so what they see is that model. And yeah. then that's what they replicate. Yeah. Um, and so it's something I, we feel very strongly and passionately yeah. about that we need to, we need to address. Yeah. And so I, yeah, I appreciate yeah. you talking about that being one of the barriers yeah. that, that can impact yeah. marriage. And yeah. as I understand it, healthy origination potentially and just areas of honor and appreciation and sometimes being put back into the family. But yeah. But there has been... I think greed, human nature yeah. that has crept into yeah. that and, yeah. and it has become a barrier for marriage. Yeah. But, you know, the reality is uh, we all have challenges within all kinds of different cultures yeah. that are preventing or being barriers for, for marriage, but not just marriage, healthy family and the yeah. way that we treat our kids and the way that we outlive this family life that God has yeah. intended for us. I wanted to go back to something you were talking about that related to gender hierarchy and, yes. and how you see this being outworked in different cultures yeah. in the South African context. Yeah, so, so patriarchy, the idea that man has an automatic superior place in life relation to women, is what we see being as pervasive in many cultures and Af- African, other parts of the world as well. And it's not true, um, especially the way it is practiced, because it takes a certain context and it widens it into whole society. It, it takes a context that was meant for a family for reasons that are clear in the Bible, not just for the sake of. And it takes away what God had in any mind by placing man in that role. Mm. And that what was meant to benefit the family, not to benefit the man. Yeah. So he placed the man there so that he will serve the family mm. and not to be served. Yeah. And that's why a sacrificial issue of Christ and the church and mysterion and mystery, it, Paul talks about that. So, so so that role, if it's such an important role of a man as a head, then we'll be aware of the fact that it is compared to Christ. Mm. And why do we follow Jesus? Why do we submit to Jesus? Because he loved us. Mm. He, he won't submit to Jesus simply because we fear hell. If you if you do that, it would be a wrong reason. It's because you you love Christ. Mm. So and what Christ has done has caused us to love Him. So we submit to Christ easier because mm. of the love He gave. Yeah. Yes. If we submitted Him based only on His authority, it would be difficult. Mm. Yes. So it's easier to submit to a man who loves you yeah. than the other way around. It's His kindness that yeah. leads to repentance. Yes, exactly. It just breaks you. Like Peter, you're like, where do I go from you? From you mm. comes words of life. I want to listen to your instruction. I want to be at your feet. Yeah. It's not because I, I'm told to do it. I want to. My mm. heart yearns for that. Yeah. So that would be different. And then children are born into that space between these two partners. And then if we don't break this gender hierarchy, then the way we raise children, we raise, I'll raise my son with the idea that just by the fact of your gender being male, it means you're, you qualify for certain benefits. Mm. So if he doesn't learn responsibility and how to get to a certain place, he just learn entitlement. Yeah. Mm. So he feels that I'm entitled mm-hmm. because I'm a male, yeah. not necessarily I have to work and all that, which is a wrong concept. Yeah. So, and I believe God has a gender for your gender, an agenda for your gender. <laughs> yeah. So every agenda, God has an agenda for it. Yeah. 
And, and if we go back into serving one another and understand our functions do not determine our value. Mm. So I'm, I'm in the kitchen and, and I'm cleaning. And when I wash dishes in my home, my value has not changed mm. from the person who was preaching in church. So I'm washing dishes in my home. I'm sweeping and I'm working, making my kids' beds. Yeah. I have not changed from <laughs> from the person who was preaching a powerful someone in church. Yeah. So somebody walks in and they look at that and they thought, wow. I'm like, wow, what do you mean? So so that people then think, if I do that, I've just devalued myself. Yeah. I've come lower. Yeah. And so therefore, when we raise children, we are always position orientated. We're always conscious. I was raised in an environment, I call it a silent world, where I was never trained to express how I feel. Mm. Um, you will only be seen and not heard. Mm. So the hierarchy, we're always reminded of your position. You're mm. a child. Yeah. And yet the best position for a child is in the heart of a parent, mm. yeah. not some corner somewhere. So I never felt my position in the heart of my parents. Yes. I just felt that I am a child. Yeah. Therefore, I need to sit there. Yeah. So love, therefore, is missing in that space. Mm. Discipline is a critical aspect, which is important. But as you know, discipline that is not informed by love, it's cruelty. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And it's punishment and it's revenge and it's emotional outbursts and it's yeah. not healthy. Yeah. You know, so I have two children. I have a boy and, and a daughter. And I cannot just bring them with the idea that, look, you are a child, daughter, you'll only be subservient to your brother by virtue of your gender. I, I can never do that. Yeah. And similarly, I can never make my son feel that he's automatically in a senior role yeah. and he has done nothing to end that just because he's male. Yeah. And so in African context, there's a problem. Men do not know how to relate with women more than women mm. because these are women today are achieving levels of success that we, some of us never thought possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So here's a, as a CEO of a company, and you can't submit to her. Yeah. You forget that in the company, she is the head. Yeah. You are the head in your home, not in the company. Yes. Yeah. In the company, she is the head. And yeah. you will submit to the one who's the head. And this yeah. one is the head. You know the head? Yeah, you had the. I go to a lecture room. The lecturer is female. Yeah. She's the head there. I go to a doctor. She's female. She's the head there. Yeah. So my, my headship doesn't operate habitually. It's not universal. Yeah. My headship is limited to my home. Yeah. So I'm the head of my wife. I'm not the head of women. Yeah. I'm not a head everywhere. Yeah. I'm a pastor of my church. I'm not a pastor of everyone. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we need to know the jurisdiction of our authority. So we don't assume that we've got authority everywhere, yeah. on the, over everyone. Yeah. Well, Africa, we've got to come in for a close here. And uh, there's just uh, so much that uh, you've shared today that I think has had an impact on families, on mm. on marriage, on those raising kids. And what I'd like you to do is just to pray for us as we close. Would you just uh, pray for families that might be struggling with some of these issues and that certainly God would, would reveal His heart and His truth for them as they outwork their family life? Yes. You are the Father of all creation, and from you we learn the example of what it means to be a father where you, you give, not take, and that you bring us our fathers and where so many are absent um, from their families in the South African context in particularly. Mm-hmm. We pray that there will be a restoration of that, that we would come into a place where families are healthy, mm-hmm. mother and father are relating well, and that children can see that and take um, strength from that relationship, and that we would have a restoration of family units and marriage would be celebrated, and that the rate of divorce would decrease, the rate of marriage would increase, and healthy marriages would be the norm 
in this country and other countries of the world. We receive that as a blessing that comes from you in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Africa Mthlope, thank you so much for being with us on Focus on the Family. It's a pleasure. Thank you, Africa. It's been really good. I think that our country is truly blessed to have a pastor like Africa Mthlope speaking into a number of the issues that are facing our nation. Marriage and family is so close to his heart, and he's touched on some tricky topics today that have hopefully caused you to think about how your marriage is operating and where you may want to make a few improvements based on God's Word. The book we're offering today is called The DNA of Relationships for Couples. Greg Smalley and Bob Paul show you and your spouse how to read the blueprint of your relationship, identify destructive habits, and then use practical tools to begin the rebuilding process. You'll find that on our website at safamily.co.za or give us a call on 031-716-3300. Thanks for being with us today. I'm Alison Schnell for Focus on the Family Africa, hoping that you'll join us next time when we'll, as always, help you and your family thrive in Christ.